When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Amazing energy here. Chiefs and Chargers in an enormous AFC West game. He is going to pump fake. Fires inside. Touchdown! One-handed grab! Mahomes throws it. Ladies got Justin Watson burning. James C. Jackson. Picked off at the goal line. Pick six. Jalen Watson. He took a big big shot. Herbert continues to do the incredible. Well, this is going to come down to an onside kick. Noah Gray recovers it for Kansas City. Welcome to NFL Live, presented by USAA. What an open to week two with some of the biggest stars in the NFL on the field. It ends up being a seventh round draft pick who a few years ago was working with his mom at Wendy's that ends up getting all the all the attention and all the love. Ryan Clark, Mina Kimes, Marcus Spears, Phil Gates here with you on a Friday. We've got so much to get Ooh, to, guys. Let's go back to last night and what stood out to you. RC, you get to go first. I'm going to talk about Patrick Mahomes to Justin Watson. Yeah, that's right, Justin Watson. Oh, who's going to play Ty- replace Tyreek Hill? I guess now we know. Patrick Mahomes had just almost thrown an interception to Asante Samuel Jr. They keep the drive alive because uh, the referees might have missed the call. But Patrick Mahomes steps up into the pocket on the run, makes a perfect throw as Justin Watson is matched up against J.C. Jackson, one of the top corners in the league. No fear, all skill. I think we saw something that was hinted at in week one, which is that the Chargers have one of the most devastating pair of edge rushers in the NFL. Last night, it was Joey Bosa's time to shine. He was all over that field, so disruptive, and notably incredibly good in run defense as well. He is a complete player, and he is going to win the Chargers a lot of games, just not not last night. Y'all, in case we haven't told a lot of people yet, Justin Herbert is really good at football. Hmm. And he was missing one of his top receivers <laughs> last night and still threw for three, three plus and three touchdowns. Listen, Mike Williams was phenomenal, but this game was played without Keenan Allen, who we know changes the dynamic of how defenses have to defend the Los Angeles Chargers. But if he can do this without Keenan Allen, where will they be? come late in this season with a full boat. Yeah, Swagoo, he was at, well, he was without his top receiver last night was Justin Herbert. He might have finished the game without a couple of ribs as he took a massive shot late Oof. in the game, stood tall throughout the rest of the game, was in clear pain, delivered a massive touchdown strike late in the fourth quarter, but just, Justin Herbert currently dealing with some significant rib pain. We'll have to see whether that impacts him in week three and beyond. Yeah, Brandon Staley saying they're going to be checking on that. Really hope for the best for him. Hey, Jalen Watson's pick six was something that stuck out to me. As you can see it right there, it was one of the most improbable things to possibly happen. Prior to the pick six, the Chargers had a 73% chance to win the game. But after that play, the Chiefs' win probability went up to 81%. It was actually the first pick six in the fourth quarter of a tie game in the red zone this century. Clearly a game-changing play. So let's start there, RC, on the Watson pick six. What did you see? 
Well, obviously, you have Gerald Everett, who's tapping his helmet. He's trying to get out of the game after making two huge plays on this drive. And this is basically just an option route, right? He's going to post up, it looks like, on Jalen Watson. And then he's going to kind of fade away thinking or at least seeming like he's going to get the ball to the outside shoulder. And then you see that Justin Herbert throws it to his inside, and he has no energy to make a play there. And listen, when you were serving four for fours, when you were serving junior bacon cheeseburgers, when you were putting slushies into drinks, you know that <laughs> making plays right now is extremely important. And it's not, you can't have it your way. The number one isn't always a Big Mac, but Wendy's will be there for you when you need it. And that's exactly what Jalen Watson was, a 99-yard return for a pick six. He made a play when the Los Angeles Chargers couldn't. Two of their best players, and Justin Herbert, their best player, and Gerald Everett, who's been great through the first two weeks, have a miscommunication. Jalen Watson is Johnny on the spot, and we get the touchdown that changes the game and maybe the early part of the season for both of these teams. You know, only so Ryan gorgeous. Clark could somehow weave fast food references into analysis <laughs> based so on gorgeous. an amazing pick six. RC, so you're amazing. Uh, Mina, when you think about the result of this game, it may not tell the whole story between the Chiefs and Chargers. Why is that? Yeah, well, I, I don't think it does because I think the Chargers were actually the better team in this game and really confirmed what we had speculated about the entire offseason, which is I believe they have the best roster in the division. Not saying that they're the best mm -hmm. team because I think Patrick Mahomes has the capacity to take over football games, but think about why Kansas City one, or really why the Chargers lost. A couple of pretty bad missed calls, some bad missed interceptions there. The play you just saw, which was incredibly likely, granted incredible execution on the part of the Chiefs' uh, defensive back. Um, and, and really, I would say the Chargers losing Corey Lindsley, their center, played a huge role in the Chiefs' pass rush heating up down the stretch. The Chargers' offense was basically neutralized as a result. You saw Justin Herbert's average depth of tar target pardon me, drop extremely, and then, of course, Herbert himself getting hurt. If these two teams played again, I think I would, beat, I would pick the Chargers, especially if they had Keenan Allen, which is not to take uh, credit away from Kansas City. They also won because Mahomes did Mahomes' magic things, but I just think these teams are as close as we thought they would be. Oh, it's fine to say it, Mina. The Chargers were the better football team. They, they gave away a win. Is exactly what they did. The one thing I looked at during this game, and obviously how great Justin Herbert is, I want him to take a few more chances with his legs, especially on critical downs, so they in, don't end up with these fourth down um, thoughts or these fourth down conversions that they need to make in order to sustain drives. This is a phenomenal offense, and we know how good the quarterback is. But I think at times, I, the difference right now, when you look between Justin Herbert and Josh Allen, beyond the design calls, Josh Allen is going to go get three and third and four, regardless. Like, if, if, if it's not a quick throw right away, yeah. and I look at his size and stature, and I know it sounds crazy to sit here knowing that he's dealing with rib injuries, but I want to see him take that next step to saying, if it's third and five, and I'm the quarterback, and I'm as great as everybody say I am, if the pass is not there, I'm going to get it, no matter what. That is going to be a large part of the Los Angeles Chargers not losing these games, not giving these games away. Justin Herbert, just take that one more step to go finish those third downs. 
You know, speaking of steps to finish third downs, you know who's finishing every play? And he also wears number three? That's Derwin James. And that's going to be lost because this team doesn't win the football game. But there's a movie on Hulu right now. It's called Prey. It's like the newest edition of The Predator. And what happens is he is just seeking out different predators on Earth and killing him so he <laughs> finds the most competitive matchup. That's exactly what Derwin James is doing. Last week, give me Darren Waller. Last week, give me Devonta Adams. Last week, let me rush. This week, give me Travis Kelsey. Let me line up uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Let me find opportunities to rush. He is seeking out the biggest predator or the biggest opponent on every team, and Brandon Staley is saying, go get him. And every time, he seems to be the alpha male. There is no player showing up on film the way that Derwin James has been the first two weeks of the season. And Brandon Staley said it. I'm building my defense around Derwin James the same way I built my offense around Justin Herbert. Mina talked about it on Tuesday. There is no player utilized in more ways than he is, and no one is as good as dominating in those positions. So you need a teenage girl. Hey, I imagine it's not a spoiler, by the way. Sorry. (laughs) I love it. I was going to say, you got laser eyes all over everybody. (laughs) Guys, by the way, I hear... Yeah, I hear what you're saying about the Chargers being the better team. Entering the season, though, the Chiefs had the sixth highest chance to make the Super Bowl out of the AFC, according to ESPN's FPI. Now, after the first two games, they have the second highest chance behind only the Bills. So results matter, at least in that way. Okay, let's get to week one, where nine playoff teams from last season lost, including both teams from last season's Super Bowl and the Bengals and the Rams. So many of them are going to look to bounce back in week two now, with some of them playing each other. Three of them, the Packers, Bengals, and Rams actually have the highest chance of any teams to win in week two, according to ESPN's Football Power Index. Give me one thing you're watching from those playoff teams this week. Marcus, you go first, the Bengals. I'm watching the Cincinnati Bengals offensive line. Y'all better stop playing with Joe Burrow and stop getting this man hit. I know the Pittsburgh Steelers' defense is good, but he needs some protection. Obviously, he was a bit rusty, turned the football over against this Pittsburgh pass rush with T.J. Watt and Cam Hayward, Alex Highsmith, all of those guys. But this week, the, the Cincinnati Bengals offensive line needs to continue to jail. They need to figure out how to keep Joe Burrow upright so we can see what the Cincinnati Bengals really are. Man, I hate that Marcus is rubbing off on me. Why am I not talking about skilled players and I'm going to San Francisco (laughs) to talk about them dominating up front? This is the San Francisco 49ers we know. It's not about switching to Trey Lance and forgetting who you are. You dominate people in the run, and that opens up the play-action pass. If they don't get back to doing that, if Kyle Shanahan doesn't get in his mind that, guess what, we're not going to be cute because we have a guy with skill and we're going to go downhill that creates the type of physicality we want, then they can't win. Get back to being who you are up front. So the Raiders offense was a bit underwhelming for me week one for a couple of reasons. The offensive line struggled, especially on the right side, and Derek Carr made bad decisions. I don't think this offensive line is getting better. So to me, there is immense pressure on Derek Carr not to be careless with the football, not to hone in too much on Davante Waller and Darren Waller to consider more Hunter Renfro perhaps and take what's giving to him, not to force it because he has skill players who can easily pick up yards after the catch. It's the oldest rivalry in the league, and can the Packers avoid falling to 0-2 after a very disappointing start last week? Well, some good news could be on the way in the form of wide receiver Alan Lazard, plus two star tackles and left tackle, left tackle David Bakhtiari and Elton Jenkins. All three of those players are listed as questionable, seemingly closer to playing this week than they were last week. 
If not, oh, it could be a problem again for the Packers, who looked completely out of sorts against the Vikings last Sunday. A great week two slate and so much more coming your way on NFL Live this Friday. The Ravens host the Dolphins Sunday. Marcus says this is a tougher test for Tua, but hear why the whole crew says the outcome of this game will define the future for both teams. Plus, you worried about your fantasy teams? Well, don't be worried. Field's here to tell you how to deal with the Cowboys without Dak as well as looking forward to a big running back matchup. That's next. NFL Live is presented by USAA, celebrating 100 years of serving the military community. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight. S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Monday night's going to be special with two Monday night football matchups. Derrick Henry and the Titans battling Josh Allen and the Bills at a special start time of 7.15 Eastern on ESPN, ESPN2, and ESPN Deportes. Steve Levy, Lewis Riddick, Dan Orlovsky on the call. And then the Vikings and Eagles at 8.30 Eastern on ABC, ESPN Plus, and ESPN Deportes. Joe Buck, Troy Aikman, Lisa Salters have that one. And hey, if you want to tailgate, join us as the NFL Live crew will be moving outdoors to the RV parking lot of Highmark Stadium in Buffalo. It's going to be Mina Kimes, Marcus Spears, Dan Orlovsky, and yours truly getting the party started with those Bills fans. Bills Mafia is going to be out and proud. It's part of eight hours of NFL coverage here on ESPN on Monday. It all starts at 4 p.m. Time for some smart lineup decisions provided by IBM Watson. To Field Yates here, who's going to help you get your lineups right, let's start with some of the biggest fantasy storylines of the week, Field. Let's do it, Laura. And, of course, Dak Prescott being out for the Cowboys has a massive fantasy impact. People are wondering, what do I do with CeeDee Lamb, who had 11 targets last week? Just two catches. He's too talented to bench, and there's too much opportunity there because, as we know, the Cowboys so thin at wide receiver. Meanwhile, tight end Dalton Schultz should be fine. A lot of the throws to Dalton Schultz are the kind of throws that Cooper Rush is capable of making. This Cowboys offense, though, not looking so great. How about Tom Brady? Do you play him on Sunday against a Saints team that has had his number during the regular season? And, Laura, it might be easier for me to list which Bucks receivers are healthy as opposed to which are not healthy right now. Mm. Mike Evans, he's not fully healthy. Julio Jones, not fully healthy. Russell Gage, not fully healthy. His offensive tackles are banged up. Chris Godwin is out of this game. Leonard Fournette is questionable play. There are a lot of injuries along that Bucks offense. I might be looking elsewhere. 
Meanwhile, here's sort of a feel-good story. Saquon Barkley and Christian McCaffrey have been the kings of fantasy football in previous years. Saquon Barkley was the highest scoring running back in fantasy in all of week one. Christian McCaffrey has been incredible. Even after a quiet week one, it would be great to see these two on the field. And can Christian McCaffrey restore order and be back atop the running back fantasy scorer leading board? Would not be surprised if such is the case on Sunday against the New York Giants. Field. Let's go to Ravens versus Dolphins. Both Lamar Jackson and Tua Tungavailoa are coming off of week one wins in Baltimore. Three and a half point favorites in this one. It is at home for them. When these teams matched up last season in November, it was a turning point on both sides. Miami came into that game at two and seven. The Ravens came in at six and two. Miami won the game and then went on to finish with a better record than Baltimore. So in that game last season, Miami's defense was able to get after Lamar Jackson. The Dolphins actually pressured Jackson on a career high 20 of his dropbacks. They did so by bringing defensive backs on blitzes, sending them on 24 of his dropbacks. Those DBs getting involved. That's not only the most DB blitzes Jackson has seen in a game in his career, but it's the most any quarterback has faced in a game since 2015. So they found something there, Mina. If Lamar faces similar pressure this year against this Dolphins team, what do you expect this time around? Well, I hope it goes better than it did last time because not only was he pressured at an extraordinarily high rate, as you saw there, he struggled greatly. He went 11 for 22 when the Dolphins blitzed. A completion percentage over expectation of negative 12.7%. It was a nightmare for Lamar. And it really set the tone for the rest of the season because he didn't just struggle when the Dolphins blitzed him. He struggled basically from that point on when any defense he played blitzed him. So now you've got this game, which Laura feels like a test. He had the entire summer to study for. I want to see Lamar. Did you take your SAT prep courses? Because you have had your eye on this game <laughs> and you need to look better against the blitz than you did last season. Because frankly, if you don't, I'm worried about this offense going forward. This is my single biggest concern about Lamar coming into the season. Will he be better against the blitz? We're going to learn a lot this Sunday. Watching that game last year, it didn't even look like Lamar Jackson. It looked like someone was yeah. impersonating him. He didn't, he didn't seem fluid. He didn't seem mm. to be able to evade the rush because they were rushing guys who were just as athletic as Lamar Jackson. And I know we never truly get an opportunity to say that. So can you run the football? Can you impose some physicality if they're going to continue to walk DBs into the A-gap or if they're going to have DBs rushing off the edge who will now have to set the edge and be contained players against the run? And then when you do have those opportunities, we have to see some of those things Lamar can do that no one else can do. When he evades the rush, gets outside of the pocket, improvises and pushes the football down the field, as we saw him do last week against the New York Jets. This isn't going to be a game where the Ravens need to show us how they've improved their blocking schemes and how intricate this passing game could be. No, this should be, yeah. I'm going to bloody your nose until you're tired of rushing, and then when you do rush, my quarterback is going to be more athletic than your rushers. Yeah, which is the core of this Ravens team, the way they're built anyway. What? I don't know. They just decided this Friday to love on their brother. Because Ryan talking about the O-line, D-line matchup. He talking about the Ravens need to run the football. 
Mina talking about the physicality and the, Mina oh my was, God, I don't know what to do. Hey, Mina was tweeting about the run game last night. M Mina's, you're rubbing off know. on everybody, Swagoo. I do want to quickly turn this, I want to quickly turn this to the Tua side of this, Marcus, because we saw him against the Patriots defense last week. He did enough. They got the win. Is this a tougher test for yeah. him, though, this week against this Ravens D? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Uh, this Ravens defense, number one up front, right, pass rush wise. And then you're going to have to make some explosive plays in this game. And that's really been the thing about Tua. Like he can dink and dunk. He can throw the five-yard pass and allow his guys to make plays after that. But I'm listening to a new artist, right? This dude named Simba, he's a phenomenal rapper. Just dropped the album. And the album title is Results Take Time. OK, the problem that Tua is having, you ain't got time for the results, bro. You being judged every single game on whether the Miami Dolphins are going to move forward with a quarterback. And I believe this is the first real litmus test, especially if Lamar handles mm. this blitz and the Baltimore Ravens have an explosive offense. The front office of the Miami Dolphins, the head coaches, uh, Mike McDaniel and that staff is going to see Kentua answer the bell with the weapons that's around him. So it ain't about results taking time for Tua. He going to need some results this summer and that's going to go, I mean, this, this Sunday, and that's going to go a long way in the determining if he's going to be the guy going forward for the Miami Dolphins or if they're going to have to make a move. This is a demarcation game for Tua. Hey, well, all Dude, of us think the Ravens are winning, so SEC take that course. for whatever it's a worth. Demarcation. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I know. Somebody yeah, did say this. Really people right? just yeah. think I like to laugh there. and joke. I really did good at good education. <laughs> Woo. Yeah, you did. You're a smart cookie. LSU, baby. All right, coming up next on NFL Live, Patriots-Steelers in a Sunday AFC battle. Did the Steelers without Watt stand a chance against the Patriots? RC tells us why he thinks his Steelers will still dominate. Limelight is brought to you by Corona Extra. Find the fine life. Live la vida mas fina. What if in 2024, you got a little bit better every day? When you're learning a new language with Babbel, that's exactly what you're doing. And if Babbel can help you start speaking a new language in just three weeks, imagine what you could do in a full year. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Try Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are designed by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. It's designed by real people for real conversations. Babbel's tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. They have over 16 million subscriptions sold. Plus, all of Babbel's 14 award-winning language courses are backed by their 20-day money-back guarantee. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 60% off your Babbel subscription but only for our listeners at babbel.com slash tackle. Get 60% off at babbel.com slash tackle. Spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash tackle. Rules and restrictions may apply. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. 
At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. You're watching NFL Live presented by USAA. Let's get to Patriots Steelers and no Big Ben and no Tom Brady for the first time since December 6, 1998. Let's take a look back at that game. Head coach was Pete Carroll for the Patriots. Bill Cower was the Steelers head coach, you guys. Drew Bledsoe led the Pats to a 23-9 victory in that one. It, you see some of the flashback video there, and then you think, well, what else was going on in 1998 as we carry on here? Some other things from 1998, just to remind you how long ago it was. Google was founded. Titanic was the number one movie. Uh, the most popular cell phone was the Nokia 5110. I've never heard of that, probably because you see me on the right side of the screen. I was 10 years old at that point. A gallon of gas costs $1.06. Mina, by the way, how am I the only person that submitted a baby photo from being 10 years old? Look at that hair was fine. That hair was fine. There are no pictures of me from that time. Sorry. They don't exist. Yeah, well, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna tweet your mom and find out for sure. Uh, and the reason why the hair was fire is because that was like my natural hair. That was before my hair went dark on That's me, no and way. now I gotta color it every day. All right, let's get back to the game because Mina, when you think about this Patriots and Steelers matchup, th this is according to FPI the closest game potentially of Week Two. No T.J. Watt. Patriots offense left a lot to be desired in Week One. What do you want to see from the Pats offense in this one? some creativity, Laura. Week one, the Patriots <laughs> offense was like one of our friend Dan Orlovsky's lunches. Bland. In large part, I believe, because the play caller lacked seasoning. So here's what I'd like to see this week. Deep shots ah! off of play action. I don't want to just see go balls down the sideline. I want to see them using that play action passing game that was good last year. I would also like to see an RPO, which is another thing that Mac Jones is very good at and mysteriously disappeared in week oh, one. Also, speaking of people who mm. mysteriously disappeared, Kendrick Bourne. I think he might be their most explosive wide receiver with Tyquan Thornton out due to injury, yet for some strange reason, he is not playing. Misdirection. Use some motion to create some spacing for these wide receivers who are not so great at getting yes. separation themselves. All of these things were missing week one. And there's an opportunity here for Matt Patricia to draw on what the Patriots did well last year and bring it back. Who you saying? No, that's, what, that's what absolutely correct. Listen. What's <laughs> Hey, what name Marcus. did Mina just hey, guys. I'm, I'm sorry, RC. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's the, the OC. Do the show. <laughs> do the show. Guys. Guys, he's not the OC. He's not doing anything. Um, so when we when we look at oh. these two teams, sorry. right, and you think about these offenses, we got so used to seeing Tom Brady and Ben Roethlisberger be able to create things without having offensive coordinators kind of put them yeah. in the right spot. But that's not where these two teams are, whether it's Matt Patricia or Matt Canada. They have to find ways to mm. use motion, find ways to get eyes moving less to right, have defensive make adjustments in order to win. But the Pittsburgh Steelers are on to that. The Pittsburgh Steelers practice against that each and every week. And I don't believe that Matt Patricia and that offense can come up with those type of things just this week in order to capitalize on who the Steelers are, especially in the secondary. We watched Matt Jones be affected by the Miami Dolphins, who are great on the back end. I feel the Steelers are just as good. And what they've done in changing some of the things, now that Keith Butler has moved on from defense coordinator, I believe truly created some 
some mm. uncertainty for a guy like Joe Burrow. Now, are we going to see what happened since 1998? Absolutely not. I mean, in 1998, Brett Favre was more known for being on Something About Mary than being investigated by the FBI for taking people money. I wasn't even <laughs> a father yet, and I can't Goodness. even remember a time when I wasn't. And so all I'm going to say is this. The Pittsburgh Steelers <laughs> have to understand the offense will come along. But defensively, you have the players to make the plays until that happens. I don't believe the New England Patriots do. I think the most important part that both of you pointed out, and especially leaning back into uh, Mina, the other thing that we could count on from the New England Patriots was that they were going to be physical at the line of scrimmage on their offensive line. And that was another part of that Miami game beyond the pressure and the blitzes. They really couldn't get anything going, especially on the ground. Remember, y'all, we saw this New England Patriots team go into Buffalo and run the ball every damn play in a windstorm. And they were able to beat the Buffalo Bills at what they did because they were not only a good running, running football team, they were supported by a really good defense. And they're in where, there is where my problem lies with the New England Patriots. It was always a standout element to this football team. It was always something you can point to and say, Bill Belichick is the coach, but this is also what the New England Patriots hang their hat on. Defensively, I don't see it. I don't see the secondary with a Stephon Gilmore or a J.C. Jackson. Yeah. I don't see guys up front. Matthew Judon is a really good player. I love Devon Gauchaw up front, but I don't see a dominant unit for the New England Patriots. As much as we get enamored, we're talking about Bill Belichick and Tom Brady's relationship and how, how many things that they accomplished. I want somebody to point to me on this team where you fear the New England Patriots. That is one thing. And now you got guys on the offensive side of the football that never have called plays. Dan talked about this. Calling plays is about rhythm as well. It's not just a call sheet with some numbers and names on it and I'm going to pick one. It's about knowing how to do it throughout the course of a game. I think this team is really in trouble. I don't think they're going to make the playoffs. Mm, wow. I mean, to that point, too, Marcus, it's also about adjusting. It's not even just planning the play calls, but how do you adjust when the opposing defense does something more? Let's pick this game between the Steelers and Patriots. RC, you first. Well, I mean, I don't know why you came to me first. I'm going with the Pittsburgh Steelers. And I think it's because of what I saw that defense do, but also some of the things that yeah. you saw later on in the game from Matt Canada, especially in overtime where he finally decided to be creative. I believe he can do that with the science and art of play calling, and the New England Patriots cannot. I've actually got the Patriots for all of the complaining I just did about the Patriots yes. offense. I could equally oh, complain yeah. about what Come I saw on, from the Steelers Mia. offense. Guys, this is going to be grimy. Lord, we have the exact same score, and I think we have it for a reason, which is neither of us expect these offenses to put up a lot of points. I'm taking the Steelers, and I think I'm, I'm going to just call it like it is. Minka Fitzpatrick may have a pick six in this football game, or he may pick Mac Jones off in a critical situation. I feel like that's going to happen. That's coming. I'd also place a bet on it uh, that, that this defense is really going to well, be the catalyst for the Steelers in this game. Interesting. Uh, I'm going Steelers, too. And apparently, based on my score of 28 to 17, I think this is a real high scoring affair, a lot higher scoring than you guys do. <laughs> One thing I'm going to just get real spicy with here and go ahead and predict. I think the Steelers are going to make a quarterback change in this game and go to Kenny Pickett. We'll see him come out there and lead him to the big victory. And everyone's going to be so excited about it. 
and we're going to talk about it on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday. But if it doesn't happen, we won't talk about it. All right, guys, we'll see you next time on NFL Live. Just kidding. We'll be right back. Uh, we're going to read and react to the injuries sweeping the league. But which one team are we most concerned about when it comes to these injuries? Stay tuned to find out. We'll be right back. Do you love me? Do you trust me? Can I trust you? Don't judge me. I'm a die. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Welcome back to NFL Live presented by USAA. Time for some read and react around the league. Some of the biggest injuries of week two field. The 49ers could be missing a couple of offensive skill players. What's the latest there? Well, no Elijah Mitchell on Sunday, of course, Laura, but George Kittle, their tight end, is now officially a game time decision. That according to head coach Kyle Shanahan just moments ago, who said that Kittle feels better than he did seven days ago when he was also listed as questionable. He returned to practice today for the first time since getting injured two Mondays ago would be huge to get him back. Mina, what do the 49ers need to do to win this week? Yeah, if they win, it won't be entirely or even mostly because of Trey Lance. It'll because it'll be because their defense looks like the defense we expected. The defense we saw at times against Chicago, but actually beat themselves with stupid penalties. This four-man rush should have a field day with the Seahawks rookie tackles. Vic Bosa should be living in that backfield. But if not, the Seahawks could stay in it. Aaron Rodgers, you see right there in the middle on the screen, the Packers, their offense struggled last week. Field, will they get Alan Lazard back to help him out against the Bears? Yeah, my understanding, Laura, is that he has a very good chance of playing on Sunday night. He got stepped on a couple of weeks ago. That cost him week one. He was unable to practice at all last week. He has returned to practice. It's listed as an ankle injury for Alan Lazard, and the Packers surely need him on Sunday night. They got virtually nothing out of their wide receivers in week one, and Rodgers has continually described Lazard as a trusted agent. Meanwhile, both their offensive tackles could play. David Bakhtiari and Elton Jenkins, that would be massive. Yeah, that would help. Uh, Marcus, how much of a difference will Lazard make if he's back? Lazard will make a huge difference. Just the rapport that he would have with Aaron Rodgers and the understanding of time on task and playing together in big games. And we've seen Alan Lazard have some success with Aaron Rodgers out. He's a big physical receiver, can go up and win uh, the one-on-one -on -one matchups. And we know how the degree of difficulty in which Aaron Rodgers throws the football, he understands that while all of these other guys try to come along. 
And Dak Prescott out six to eight weeks with a hand injury. Here's what the Cowboys had to say about the plan without him this week. I think from a preparation standpoint, um, you know, we're prepared for this. You know, Cooper's prepared for this. And Dude, my spirits are up there, man. Ready, uh, ready for this week. Uh, you know, doing what we, what we gotta do to to get Coop ready. It's one of the things you gotta control what you control. Uh, Dak's been out before um, against Minnesota last year, and we still held our weight. I get it. You know, we're, we we don't have four for a little bit. We lost, we got our butts kicked in week one, but we got a long way to go, um, and we got a big big opportunity to get better this week. Obviously. You know, we love everybody at the locker room, but especially Coop. I mean, that's a guy that prepares as hard as anybody week in, week out. So, um, yeah, a lot of trust behind him. All you do every day is want to earn their respect. And um, you go out there on Sunday, that's the best way to do it. They have my respect. I think they respect me. I think we had a good group. I, you know, I think we're ready to roll. We have the experience of playing in a game with him. We know how he, you know, maneuver. We know what he likes. And uh, just kind of throwing him in there again is just like, I mean, here we go again, you know. And uh, I say that with the most positivity, and I can't wait for my man to go out there and show up. What's your game plan for Cooper Rush? Well, obviously, we saw Cooper Rush play extremely well against Minnesota last year, but you can't rely on that. You can't think that's just going to happen and he'll go over 300. Run the football. Try to play with some physicality on offense and defensively. Get back to that defense that turned the football over. Give them short fields, mm -hmm. score points yourself, and continue to disrupt what the Cincinnati Bengals were doing, much like we saw the Pittsburgh Steelers last week. It'll be interesting to see if Dak Prescott can come back sooner than we expected. But either way, it's going to be Cooper Rush for a while. Let's get some picks in DraftKings Sportsbook predictions. RC, who wins in Raiders versus Cardinals? I'm going with the Raiders. When you think about what the Raiders did last week, Derek Carr didn't play his normal game. Three three interceptions tied to his career uh, high in that situation. But we saw the Arizona Cardinals defense give up five passing touchdowns to Patrick Mahomes and not play great defense. So what are they going to do against this great offense of the Raiders? I think the Raiders win. Mina, what about Rams? I think Falcons? the Rams bounce back. Yeah, I think the Rams bounce back in this one, Laura, after a disappointing week one loss, particularly on offense. Um, I think the Bills defense is fantastic and we shouldn't overrate or rather overreact uh, to what we saw from LA in week one. I will say this though, the Falcons offense is feisty and they're built in a very unique way, so they could give them some trouble. I agree, Marcus, Giants, Panthers. Yeah, I'm going with the New York Giants. I think Saquon Barkley showed us in week one what we have in store for this season, boring health. I know Christian McCaffrey is on the other side, but I like Brian Dayball. I like the mentality that he has this team playing with. They want to show physicality, going for two to get a win and not leaving it for chance in overtime. I think that's going to go throughout this locker room and bleed over into this week and they get a W again against the Panthers. We got a lot more coming your way here on NFL Live. Don't go anywhere. Coming up, Brady's bunch pretty banged up as they gear up for their division kryptonite. But Mina sees a new reason for hope for Tampa's offense. You don't want to miss this. It's all coming your way as we carry on in this NFL Draft Live King Friday. We'll be right back. is an official sports betting partner of the NFL. And to celebrate the new season, new customers can bet $5 and win $200 in free bets instantly. Download the app and use code NFLLIVE when you sign up.
This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. NFL Live is presented by USAA, celebrating 100 years of serving the military community. Let's carry on with Bucks versus Saints Sunday at 1 p.m. This game in New Orleans, the Bucks still two and a half point favorites, which is interesting considering how Tom Brady has looked against the Saints while he's been in Tampa Bay. He's gone 0-4 and thrown eight interceptions in those regular season games versus the Saints. Phil, the Bucks had a lengthy injury report earlier this week. Where are they now with all that? Yeah, Laura, I'm going to fly down to New Orleans to play wide receiver for the Bucks because if you take a look at their injury report right now, the players include Mike Evans. Julio Jones, Chris Godwin, <laughs> Russell Gage, Prashad Perriman, all on the injury report. Godwin has already been ruled out. I think there's a pretty good chance we'll see Evans and also Julio Jones and Gage on the field. But beyond that, Donovan Smith, their left tackle, is doubtful to play on Sunday. That means Josh Wells will be the next man up. And you just talked about how well the Saints have defended this Bucks offense as Tom Brady arrived. A big part of that's been because of the pressure they've been able to generate without blitzing against Tom Brady. Should be a tough task for this Bucks offense in New Orleans on Sunday. Not to mention, by the way, Alvin Kamara yeah, I mean, has this- mispracticed back-to-back days, Laura. He's questionable to play for the Saints. Sounds like there's a pretty good chance he will not be available with a ribs injury. Mm-hmm. Mark Ingram, the next mm-hmm. man up. Damn. Yeah, that's interesting. Although the Saints seem to have so many offensive weapons, it may not matter as much. But either way, RC, at this point, it's almost easier to list the Bucks' offensive weapons that are playing than the ones that aren't. Are you concerned about all these injuries for them? <laughs> You know, you know what? I am concerned about these injuries. Let's think about the reason Tom Brady ended up being a Tampa Bay Buccaneer. It was because of the weapons that they had there, the Chris Godwins. There was the, the O.J. Howards at the time, the Cameron Brates. It was also the Mike Evanses. And so now with the Julio Jones, uh, Russell Gage, all of these guys banged up, it says, okay, who is Tom Brady going to get the football to against a team that has defended him extremely well in their four, pre, in their four regular season games, also the playoffs, because they didn't win because of Tom Brady. They won because the defense turned over Drew Brees three times. And so I'm looking really forward to seeing what adjustments the New Orleans Saints have made now since Chauncey Gardner-Johnson mm-hmm. is gone and also what adjustments the Tampa Bay Buccaneers will make up front in order to protect Tom Brady and get some of the run game going as we saw Atlanta do last week. This is a different Saints team, but also a different Tampa mm-hmm. Bay team. This is going to go a long way to me into saying who will win the NFC South. Boy, it is amazing how we go from in August saying, which of these Bucks wide receivers will be wide receiver three? Do they have too many good skill players? To suddenly it's week two and we're wondering if they even have enough. It's a dangerous sport, folks. Right. Um, I actually still have a lot of confidence in the Bucks in this one based on what we saw in week one, not from them, but actually from the New Orleans Saints, which was a team that looked 
Very different in some ways from New Orleans Saints teams recently because of what I saw in the trenches. First of all, defensively, the Falcons ran all over the Saints team. Now, some of that might be Marcus Mariota and what I expect to be a very good Falcons rushing attack, but again, very uncharacteristic run defense from New Orleans. Whereas on the other side of the ball, in the first half, Jameis Winston was pressured on 40% of his dropbacks by the Falcons. This is the box. If you're, you're getting pressured that much by the Falcons, no shade. I guess it was shade. Uh, well, you do not want to face this Bucks pass rush. So while Tampa does have a lot of injuries, I think that defense and how they're built in the trenches will hold them up, especially on that side of the ball. Yeah, I mean, M MK, I think that's the point, right? Like Jameis Winston is the key to this game. And we saw him in the second half of that Atlanta game go 12 for 14 in the second half, get the yeah. ball to his playmakers, Michael Thomas, Jarvis Landry, Chris Olave, had a phenomenal route, but it seems like he's playing within himself. Now, this is a different animal. Todd Bowles, we know, is going to pressure you. You're going to have to make quick, rash decisions and not get ahead of yourself. Just take the shots that you can take, but also don't be afraid again to check the football down. I think that's why the Saints actually stayed in this game against the Atlanta Falcons. But Todd Bowles is going to want to test it early. They're going to be man-to-man -man in the secondary with Carlton Davis and Dean and obviously Winfield and those guys. It's going to be about Jameis making sure he's making the right play instead of trying to make the explosive play. You know what, Marcus, that, that makes a lot of sense because even if you go back to the first half against the Atlanta Falcons and you even texted over the weekend how defensive line of the Atlanta Falcons really dominated the New Orleans Saints early, Jameis Winston never really forced the ball. He still played within himself. Yeah. And then when we got into the fourth quarter, he was able to hit, get the football to Jarvis Landry. We saw Chris Olave on a two-point conversion, and there was a back shoulder and also another fade to Michael Thomas where he made a great 50-50 catch or two great 50-50 catches against A.J. Terrell. That's who Jameis Winston needs to be. I think another thing we haven't talked yeah. about with the New Orleans Saints was how productive Taysom Hill was last week. He was productive yeah. as the mm. Wildcat quarterback, also caught the football well as a tight end. I think that can be huge in the absence of Alvin Kamara. Yeah, we know that he can so be used so job. versatilely. Is that right? But we really saw that on display in week one. We'll see how he factors in week two. Guys, time for some Sunday stars as we wrap it up. Someone we're going to be talking about is a star on Monday. RC, you first. I'm not sure if he's just a star on Monday, if he's a star every day, but Devontae Adams, if they thought the Arizona Cardinals thought they had a problem last week with the Kansas City Chiefs wide receivers, wait till they get a load of number 17. Asante Samuel Jr., who played Ooh. absolutely phenomenal last night, was spun around like a brand new top on Christmas morning trying to cover Devontae Adams, and he's going to go completely off against the Arizona Cardinals because we saw what they do on the back end. <laughs> It was so good to see a healthy Curtis Samuel week one. And we saw really what he can do for this commander's offense. I thought offense coordinator Scott Turner did a great job of getting him free releases, putting him in motion, setting up screens for this shifty, healthy Curtis Samuel to get yards after the catch. He is a difference maker in this Washington offense, and I expect that to continue this week. Yeah, Roy Jones Jr. had a song called Y'all Must Have Forgot. And everybody must have forgot how good Michael Thomas is at football, okay? Snatching the back shoulder. 
catching it with his hands. This dude looked phenomenal once they got going. You think about the plays that Michael Thomas made when we talked about the 1,800-yard season. Not a lot of separation, just big boy and people. Just the ability to catch the ball in any situation with defenders hanging over him. It looks like he's back to that, and the Saints might have their top three guy back again. The 49ers return home in week two. They will possibly be without George Kittle. They definitely will not have Elijah Mitchell. One thing we know for Trey Lance is a best friend can be a reliable target. That's Debo Samuel, both as a receiver and as a running back. Conditions currently call for the possibility of rain. The 49ers are accustomed to that after last week's monsoon in Chicago. I expect Debo Samuel to be the focal point of this offense. All right, guys, my Sunday star is Lamar Jackson, and he remembers what happened against the Dolphins last year when they brought all those pressures that he couldn't figure it out. I think he's going to be much better this time around, and I cannot wait to see him be dominant at home. Again, the Ravens, two-and-a-half-point favorites against the Dolphins in Baltimore. I think Lamar is going to be a big-time star. Hey, we've got a really exciting NFL Live coming your way on Monday from Buffalo. We'll be out in the parking lot with Bill's Mafia. The entire crew is going to be out. Out there ahead of Monday Night Football, and we cannot wait to see you guys there. Get a Monday Night Football doubleheader on Monday. See you then. Enjoy the weekend. Yeah.